ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Hey, Dan, this is Adora out here in the Pacific Northwest, Oregon specifically. I'm happy to be a part of your Patreon family, and I listen to your podcast any chance I get. You have some amazing material, so keep up the good work. Yo, 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 people, how's it going? And thank you so much to Adora there from the Pacific Northwest. Really cool message, and thank you so much for sending that over. It really is cool hearing where all you guys are from. And if you also want to record a Patreon, uh, sorry, an intro for the podcast, all you need to do is send that over to my email, which is dan at ascendbodymind.com. You can also send it through over via my Instagram page, my personal page, or the Ascend Podcast Facebook page, or whatever other way you can find. But it'd be really cool if you could also send some of them over. It really is amazing to see where you're all from. So I'm currently recording this intro from the back of my van. <laughs> I'm currently just pulled up in a place in the UK called Wilshire. It's quite I'm in quite a quiet little spot. Um, you might hear a few cars in the background. I'm just parked up in a layby beside um, a forest for the night. Just um, come from. I've just been spent two days in Wales doing some podcasts in Pembrokeshire. Did an amazing podcast with a guy who runs Eagle Village called Lamas really is a cool spot a cool place some really incredible things going on there and that was a really incredible conversation also did another another um, three conversations over there which are all really incredible and inspiring conversations in my opinion and I know for a fact that you're going to love them and I can't wait to share them with you I'm just about to head over to London tomorrow so that's why I've stopped over in Wilshire for the night so it'll be really interesting to see the transition of coming from an off-grid situation and then heading over tomorrow into the heart of London, which is always interesting. So anyway, this week on the podcast is a conversation I did, uh, I think a month ago in Brighton in the UK. It's with a very interesting lady called Adele Allen and her and she, she has a style of parenting that she calls off-grid parenting and basically she's bringing her children up using an unconventional approach. And she calls it unschooling. And I know this conversation might be, for some people, might be um, a bit taboo. For others, it might be a breath of fresh air. Adele, in the past, has done a few sort of um, media media appearances in on sort of some UK big uh, news channels. And she got she sort of got a lot of heat and a lot of flack for sort of some of the unconventional topics that she talks about. I heard a few of them, I thought she was really cool, so I thought, why not, let's have a conversation with her and see where we can go. And I just wanted to say before we dive in with this conversation, if you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do that is through the Patreon page. 
I also have a one-off donation option as well, which is a great function if you want to help support the podcast. I've also recently, over the last two days, I've been uploading a lot of content to the private Facebook group, and I've also been uploading a lot of behind-the-scenes content to the Patreon feed as well, bonus content of sort of some of the things I've been getting up to over the last few days of the off-grid situation. I put a few cool pictures of the off-grid community that I went to. So if you you want to check that out, all you need to do is become a patron and that gives me the opportunity to give back to the patrons. So anyway, I love you all and I know for a fact you are going to love this conversation. I know it's a taboo. Some of the concepts that we talk about are a bit taboo, but at the end of the day, you've got to go to that edge to try and expand your mind. So I hope you enjoy this conversation anyway. First off, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I really wanted to have a conversation with you a while because I've seen your journey and I've seen you yeah. talking on various <laughs> different shows and stuff, more mainstream shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to be doing something alternative, actually. Yeah, yeah trying to... Um, understood. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just move a little bit closer, is that yeah, all right? Sure. And, um, yeah, and I've obviously seen some of the... You're obviously trying to put across your story and your journey and stuff of how you're bringing up your kids and things. Yeah. And I really think it's. I really think it really is incredible what you're doing as well and as well as actually putting yourself out there because like we said earlier off the podcast a lot of people maybe live in this type of lifestyle that you're that you're living but they won't they don't want to sort of put that across to people in, in terms of worry and things like that of how they'll be perceived by the public, public yeah possession. it's very taboo that's it yeah, yeah they don't want to attract unwanted attention yeah and just to start authorities this off, yeah <laughs> definitely and just to start us off i wanted to um i know you said you don't mind us by doing this as well but I just when I was doing a bit of research on on some of the stuff that you're talking about, I was reading through. Um, I'm not I'll not mention any names, but there was a couple uh-huh. of um, news news media outlets. After you've done these sort of various conversations on um, some popular TV shows and things, and they were saying things like giving you a criticism, criticism, which I thought was really funny, and I know that you'll find funny as well. Yeah. But obviously, what happened is just to explain the situation as well, which you were on a big TV show, and um, your your child obviously naturally. Took a tinkle. T- took yeah. a tingle. Had a wee. <laughs> had, a, had an epic nappy leak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off our off our watch. It's funny. Lots of people were like, "You didn't go and sort it out," but we were way in conversation. We didn't even realise she yeah. was doing it until after. Okay, that happened. And I think it's really um, funny. Yes, it's yes. One of the um, one of the posts, one of the articles says. It said, I think when your kid pisses live on TV, then jumps on the couch, you probably have to rethink your parent strategies. Brilliant. Well, I thought that was hilarious <laughs> because, I mean, for me. I mean, first of all, they don't want to get me there because I'll wee everywhere. <laughs> but this, I'll do it on purpose now, I know. But the second one is is that it's the, one of the most natural things that a we, human uh, can do. Yeah. We all, we all, we yeah. all wee. We all, we all have a poo. But we like no one likes it. No one likes it. The thing is, though, no one likes to talk about it. And then no, when someone does it, they think, "Oh, it's crazy." This. Uh, especially like how old was she at the time? Somewhere between one year and eighteen months. It's just like you're not even potty trained then, come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And another thing I wanted to watch I thought was funny. This was the this was a really funny one as um when somebody one of the me and Heddens on the comments just said lazy parenting. And for and for, and for me and for me, 
because right let's, i want to start this off by saying that this before we do get into break it down how you're living your life with your mm-hmm. kids and your husband and stuff you're basically living your life with your children the way i live my life anyway so i completely understand what the discipline it takes oh, God, to yes. do that to your children so when when i say something that says lazy parenting for me, no, it's the exact opposite, it's isn't the exact, it? Exact yeah, opposite. it's exhausting. Oh my, well, you got to be in it to do it this way. You can't, you can't want the easy life. You don't get breaks. You, yeah. They don't go to school. We get no time off in the day. They go to sleep when they're tired. Often that's after w- when we're ready to go to sleep. Yeah. It's full on all the time. We don't use childcare and nurseries and childminders. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if there's something wrong with their health, we're on top of it. We don't get the doctor to take responsibility for it so there's that worry on top yeah definitely. it's we're not vaccinating so that we're taking full responsibility for full-term breastfeeding and providing them with natural immunity and really paying attention to every aspect of their life and so you can't afford you can't afford to get sick i've been breastfeeding in between throwing up before that's when yeah. i had newborns and i was sick because i just had no one to take the baby and, and matt was there but he's not got a pair of nipples so he's no yeah. good in that yeah. situation <laughs> um so yeah it's you don't you don't get a break you do not get a break and you have to be really mindful of the fact that all of your childhood trauma is coming up and and inevitably as much as you you want to move towards a different style of gentle parenting the way you're parented pops yeah. up and says hello and then yeah, you start definitely. shouting at your kids you know that's not what i want to do but you don't get a break so you haven't got time to give give yourself some me time and i think more and more now in first child i didn't give myself any me time at all but now i'm realizing i have to take myself off on a nice relaxing dog walk and just be in my zone otherwise i can't function with them because yeah. you have to you have to be on it with your own mental health otherwise that you do you just end up projecting it all over them <laughs> yeah definitely what i what i thought as well was really interesting is, is obviously them them that criticism that you received so obviously it's not fair it completely isn't fair but what what the conclusion i came to was actually the reason why i feel that people are, are giving you the criticism for and this is a conclusion that come to on many topics as well. It's not just because it's not that they're actually bothered about your children. They're not really no, not, not to a sense. I don't even think they're really they're really that fussed about their own children no. as well, to a certain degree. <laughs> but the th- the thing that I think it is is that's more of an attack on their own beliefs and their self. Yeah. So when and when you start uh, showing a different way of living or whatever mm. or a different um, understanding Certainly, of a topic, yeah, I think. The, the biggest one for this is the full term breastfeeding. I've been labelled paedophile, pervert, all sorts. What it does, and, and this is why I don't take offence, it, it triggers this innate um, unmet need within each of us. Because let's face it, I think we've gone a few generations now of not being breastfed enough and going on to formula and bottle milk and, yeah. and dairy. And it, it triggers that unmet need. And we don't even realise what it's triggering and mm-hmm. we just project it and say, well, it must be because you're weird because this isn't this isn't how I was brought up. And rather than admit, maybe something went a little bit of miss with the way I was raised. It's just easier to go, you have yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, 100%. Just to start this off as well, just to, I wanted actually for you to break down what does actually off-grid parenting mean for people who don't know. Yeah, so it's a cool it's, concept, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's, it's not living off-grid. I get a lot of attacks about, yeah. you're not living off-grid. And I would love to be, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, you kind step. of, yeah, it's, you don't come from domestication right into the wild, right? You have to take steps out of it. Um, but let's, for example, off-grid living is living um, without the reliance on public utilities, right? The electrical grid and and everything else. Yeah. Um, but off-grid parenting is actually a term I, I kind of was asked to describe my style of parenting when I did the Barcroft TV video. 
And um, I said, well, it's attachment parenting, but it's so much more than that. It's it's not just co-sleeping and bed sharing, mm-hmm. bed sharing and baby wearing and, and breastfeeding. It's much, much more. Um, and so it's basically, for me, it's, it's raising your children outside the institutions that society gives us to to take away our responsibility for our own kids' health and well-being. That really involves raising them outside of the schooling system and outside of the, the, the conventional healthcare system. Yeah. Um, predominantly that's what it's about and within that I, I bring in gentle parenting methods and mindful and conscious parenting really just trying to find peaceful re- resolutions and um, not not inflicting the traditional structure of the day as well and, and not having arbitrary rules allowing children to have their autonomy and, and learn how to self-govern themselves that doesn't mean they don't have boundaries you absolutely need boundaries it means you sit there and you have respectful discussions with your kids about how much time you're spending on the screen? Do you feel that it's that you should be getting outside more? Because yeah. I feel that you should. And can we find ways to to help you do that? Um, and it's not about saying you must do this or else, because no one learns from being treated yeah. like that. It's about having just yeah, ne- not even negotiations, but just um, uh, a two way dialogue with them so that they can feel like their voice is heard. And um, because if their voice is heard in the home, they will be heard later on in life when they go out into the world. Yeah, I love that. They'll have the self-confidence to, to be heard. Yeah, I like that. Um, what's your thoughts on sort of conventional living and parenting? What's some, maybe what's some things that you, you actually try to get away from that you didn't like? Wow, um, definitely the, the cry out method for me was one of the things that really grated at me. For me, I just, I cannot listen to a baby or a child crying and and not respond yeah. it's just an innate desire something is wrong go and see to it yeah. um what else i mean I, d- breastfeeding is is obviously i'm big on it but i don't judge people that don't achieve it i know there's a lot of things hurdles in our society that is is blocking women's ability to do it so it's not about saying you're bad because you didn't breastfeed yeah. it's about saying this is the biological norm for our species and how can we help more women achieve more a higher rate of breastfeeding basically yeah, even if that means using donor milk rather than conventional formula which is just a chemical construction without any of the lovely living enzymes and our own antibodies and so it'd be nice to to be able to move towards just more natural solutions rather mm. than always the quick fix drugs and formula and the rest of it yeah well, what what are some um, sort of the traditional methods that you didn't actually you haven't adopted you've chose to not adopt traditional methods um so obviously they don't they don't go to school they don't um have bedtimes that we have found that's worked really well <laughs> ulysses goes to bed um really late as you'll see in our up and coming documentary yeah. with with um, a lady that sleeps over with us um but he's never slept since a baby i mean i had hair falling out when he was 18 months old he wouldn't sleep for more than two hours at a time because he was a sickly baby and mm-hmm. he's never been able to go to sleep easy so we have just found through that trauma of an experience of him with a baby we found that allowing him to get his to his own tired point he slept a lot sound if we tried to get him to sleep at x time because we thought that's the time he should be ready he would sit there and wriggle and he'd have a worst night's sleep ever but now he self-governs and he knows it's normally between 10 and 11 every night around about when matt goes to bed anyway he knows i'm ready now and then he'll have such a deep restful sleep and we don't drag him out of bed at the morning in the yeah. morning either. He'll he'll normally wake up about nine AM when most kids are starting school, I guess. So we do have, have that luxury that we don't have to drag him out for a, a set schedule. Yeah. Um but that's just the lifestyle that we've chosen to support their their needs. 
Um, but the girls, they'll they'll normally be down by seven or eight in the evening. It does depend on the season. In the summer, mm, when it's lighter, awesome. later, of course, they're not tired. I mean, any parent knows. Yeah, Trying to inflict a, a bedtime in when the birds are still singing outside. Yeah. It just doesn't no, really work. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love that because I think we go against our... In so many areas in, in our lives, and I've figured this out for myself as well, we go against the natural rhythm of our own bodies. We do, yeah. And I think there's so many times we're just numbing that sensation out. They're not really... Even to show kids how... How do we, I mean, the example that I know that you've adopted this as well, I think, is the food aspect of yes, kids no see I'm not, <laughs> yeah, kids, like, you've got to have a, you've got to eat your food, you've got to, or you've, you've got to eat your food now, you've got to eat it all, you've got to eat everything. Oh, no, I don't want to eat it all. No, before, we before. don't even do set meal times, actually. We yeah, kind of, I was going to say that. We yeah. have a, a rough rhythm to it. I mean, we get up and we, we're still conditioned in our mind as adults and we, we want our porridge in the morning. And then if they want to join in, great. If they want an ice cream or something else, great. And yeah, often if you let them have whatever junk, whatever you perceive as junk food, then they will naturally kind of go on to want something healthier to, to fill their hunger gap after. But it's interesting. Sometimes a star will be like, um, what, pizza for breakfast? Like, pizza, I can't have my pizza for yeah. breakfast. <laughs> Actually, like if, you, if I said to you that the kids had beans on toast or cheese on toast for breakfast, People wouldn't raise an eyelid, would they? Yeah, no. Pretty much the same ingredients. Yeah, no, it's a bit of wheat, and tomato, and yeah. things like that. And so it's all just our preconceived perception of what should breakfast be, and, and why can't breakfast be dinner, and why can't dinner be breakfast, and why can't you graze throughout the day if you're not into big plates of mixed food? My eldest, he's so fussy, can't eat cooked anything or mixed anything. And so he'll, he'll just have the, the same kind of 10 foods every day, pretty much. But he doesn't eat a lot. He eats a lot of raw food. And he's just, he keeps it simple and it works for him. And he knows, he knows what he needs and he asks for it. And it's, it's just, it it's, doesn't have to be a big deal. It yeah, really like doesn't. That. It's funny because <laughs> even the traditional um, understanding of what, what is a, what is actually a breakfast all around the world, if you visit many different countries around the Very world, different. their understanding of what's a breakfast compared to the UK or to every other country around the world is completely oh, fast and is. different anyway. So, yep, indeed. Yeah, I want, our question I want to ask you as well is, is what actually, what was the main thing that like drew you to this sort of lifestyle? I think both Matt and I got into the natural living um Probably whilst we were travelling a few years before we had Ulysses. Yeah. I think when you travel the world, you just you meet different cultures. And for me, it was I was volunteering in Costa Rica and I travelled through Central America. And as I was travelling through countries like Guatemala um, on the buses, the local buses, you, you'd kind of look out the window and see all these local kids running around barefoot, like not very nice clothes or whatever, looking very poor. But the smiles on their faces, Sorry. you're like... This has broken down my whole conception of the fact money equals happiness. Does it? Does it really? Mm. And and so for me, that got me questioning. Hang on, though. If, if money doesn't make you happy, then what does? And it just opened up a Pandora's box for me just to, to look at everything from how we how we are treated on an emotional basis, what food we put in inside our bodies, um, to how we're living, to everything. And it just, from there, you can't. It's funny because I was, yeah, no, I love that. It's funny because I was just thinking in my head there. I was picturing the whole concept of um, happiness in, in in Monday society, not even to do with kids, but just in general of like how many hours we work to think that you need to have this. Mm-hmm. But that in a in a weird way, I was thinking in my head that 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 um that understanding we have around in the relationship we have with money, it actually in a weird way it bleeds down to the to to your family because Massively. all them all them sort of cultural sort of mechanisms actually filter through to that yeah, as well. Yeah, no, we've just been through um the emergency temporary social housing system to to get into this place we're sitting in now. 
And there's such a stigma that if you have a family, you have to have one or ideally both people, parents in the, the relationship going out to work for those 40 hours a week. You need to be paying all of your own rent, all of your own bills. Yeah. And I say to you, you know, not everyone wants that lifestyle. It's fine if you want it. Go out, grab it, have it. But everyone is entitled to the basic human needs of, of shelter, food, energy, you know, and water. And if we choose to, to forgo everything else, then that's fine. But the government has ripped us of our opportunity to go and grab this for ourselves. Mm. You know, back many years ago, we used to be able to go and build on our own land and, and grow our own food on a vast bit of land. And now, okay, you can get an allotment if you're lucky, but even that, it's, it's hard to get to nowadays because there, there's so long, long waiting lists. And when yeah. you do get one, it's not near where you live. And and so I think, absolutely, we, we deserve, the government has taken that right away from us. So they need to then give it back to us so that we can work our way to that, that self-sustainable eco lifestyle. But you can't do it without any money nowadays. Mm-hmm. So you have to work your way in stages. You can't just not from A to Z. It has to be in steps that you... You take your path there. Yeah. No, it's a powerful point where that power is being taken away from us because even in life in general, we have we know that we've given our power away to so many different entities outside of ourselves in terms of we no one even grows their own foods anymore. You don't yeah. even, like you just said, you don't have your own, you only have your own really, your land really, but you think you own your land, but you don't you really don't, own your land. No, oh no. <laughs> but um, what I think is really interesting is that in terms of the, the land thing, what you were saying to me is the, like you said, they've made it so hard to actually do that because it's something that I've been looking into, trying to educate myself on, is trying to get a piece of land and how do you go around and yeah, doing it? Not as easy as one would think, hey? Yeah, and I've <laughs> spoke to people on this on the podcast before, and I have up and coming podcasts that's not out yet of people who would who are doing that way of living that we want to both sort of Brilliant. lead towards to as well. But they talk about the the sort of the technicalities of how hard it actually is to sort of, and you would think as, as well as an adult, let alone with kids in tow as well. Yeah, cool. Oh yeah, I've been harder as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you think as well that with the way the way the world's going in terms of sustainability and things you'd think that there would actually be more measures in place to actually promote that that way of living but it's it's yeah. not obviously as you know it's not the case they don't no. want people thinking because what i think as well once it's just like everything in life I always talk about the sheep mentality mm-hmm. because the sheep follow the crowd no matter what way it goes whether it's good or positive that's just the likelihood of it really anyway and if too many people start getting their own piece of land and living and thinking because it threatens the system doesn't it yeah sorry sorry to go on on a little bit of rant as well as my friends i mean even just i mean you've probably had this in your life but yeah when you start living a a different type of lifestyle freedom and other areas start opening up Mm -hmm. and your friends around you and you probably have this for your kids and your people who look at your, your lifestyle with your children people go oh, how are you doing that how are you doing that so then they start switching on in their mind and thinking oh i might shift this in my life i might do that i might do yeah, this definitely. and that'll probably be the same if we do off-grid living more people will be like oh i want to do that as well yeah that looks good <laughs> and they don't they definitely the system does Creating not want life that. you don't need a vacation yeah. from right <laughs> <laughs> and the system does not want that no it doesn't no uh, to get a little bit um more controversial as well because i know people like the controversial oh, topics yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's spice a few of the comments up as well because i know there'll be few people because obviously this goes out on youtube as well and okay it's it's really funny because you know on you know on youtube as well the the comments on youtube are a lot more ruthless than the people who actually listen to the podcast i don't know why it's just maybe just a, a sort of a different type of sort of audience or something yeah. i don't know hooks a different set of fish in i guess yeah, yeah. but anyway the, i want to talk about the um the vaccination topic as well because i know yeah, that's, that's a, the hot one isn't yeah, it yeah, everyone... especially at the moment with the states all the all the u.s states are going down with their vaccine exemptions and it's terrible because it's a child as much as 
I don't agree with the education system. I do believe every child has a right to it and every family has the right to it. And they're having in about five or six states in America now having their basic human right of having their child to be educated taken away by saying, if your child is not up to date on the CDC vaccine schedule, they're not coming. They're not coming to school. Yeah. And that is then affecting their parents' ability to go out and earn money because they rely on the school system to take care of their child whilst they're going out to work to pay their bills and their basic human need of shelter and food and la, la, la. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really going in a bad way. And they've got the um, Millions March against mandatory vaccination coming up at the end of August. And I think, you know, people go, that's in the States. It's not happening here. So Mark my words, it's coming. Well, yeah. It's coming. But first, I think what they're going to do is... Um, they're going to regulate the homeschooling, home ed system. They want us all highly registered and regulated. And, and I think they're going to move towards a mandate towards shifting all kids, kids into school first. Because uh, until they've done that here, they can't do the next step, you see. Mm, um, but yeah, it's don't, don't get complacent. I think well, however you think it's going to unfold, don't get complacent and think it couldn't happen here. I think you've got to, you've yeah, got to fight for your right to medical freedom. It's a basic human right that you should be in charge of what happens with your body and what is injected into it. Yeah, I love that. Do you, um, so just to reiterate as well, your, your, none of your children have been vaccinated? None of them. Not? They haven't had anything, not the vitamin K shot, um, nothing. Not a single needle has gone in into their arm. I don't believe they were born with a defective immune system. I think they're created perfectly. Yeah. And, and I'm not religious at all. I'm not going to do the God speak. Um, but I think that nature has a wonderful design for us. And in fact, there's an amazing talk by Bruce Lipton where he describes the tonsils roles in acting as like an oral vaccination. And that's why infants put everything into their mouth because they're kind of t- getting a tester of their environment around him and creating a natural anti-vaccination um, system yeah. by letting their body do it the natural way, which is through the mouth, not directly into the blood. Um, so on, on a basic level, I think disease serves a purpose. All these viruses, mm. they actually train our immune system. They're very protective against cancers and chronic disease later on in life, which is going through the roof at the moment, mm. if anyone's noticed. No, no, no. Um, so I think when you interfere with nature like that, you're, you're asking for trouble later down the line there was also a study i'm sure it was a new study come out about breastfeeding about how in the early development of the child's development there's uh the the, the sort of the enzymes that come from breastfeeding actually work as a sort of that that sort of they do yeah suppose these the same way as the vaccinations actually yeah uh, i think unfortunately though it's only one percent of this this country the uk that are even making it to six months worth of breastfeeding oh, yeah. the child's immune system's not fully developed until around seven seven eight years of age so full-term breastfeeding can go up to eight years of age normally on average i'd say it goes if you do full-term breastfeeding it it goes somewhere between four and six years Um, but that is why because the immune system is still developing and the mother is helping the baby develop their immune system at which point five somewhere around five or six they start losing their milk teeth Mm because the milk teeth are for breastfeeding and then the adult teeth come through and then naturally the jaw changes shape and they don't want to breastfeed and they don't need it anymore and la 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 (laughs) that's one of the the actual arguments in the the vaccination camp as well as that uh, there's quite a lot of good great research on it as well actually dictating that um when in the early early development early ages of a child's development when they're uh, sort of building that immune system up and the immune response up the vaccinations are actually sort of deteriorate stopping that stopping yeah. that process from naturally sort of strengthening it is it's interfering in the yeah. in the whole process um just like birth interventions interfere with the, the bonding and the breastfeeding and everything else and the more the, we let this medical profession in 
and rob us of these natural processes yeah. it's gonna have knock-on effects that you you can't even foresee until they happen um, have, have you actually had a the question i want to ask you i like that have you have you actually has your children actually had any sort of symptoms of anything any illnesses or, or things like that yeah yuli had chicken pox when he was little yeah. um and he actually had scarlet fever too um which both of them it's just like a about the flu nothing yeah. to worry about um but we didn't take any antibiotics just did the natural route how, how would you, could you explain that how you do the natural route because i think, it's, um, I think high that's vitamin good for people. C, yeah we we did a uh, camu camu berry powder and he would drink that and he would literally he would drink it in in water and it would just drag out the most amount of mucus and he just throw up all this mucus and then immediately he just saw his whole body look <sighs> relaxed wow. and his eyes glowed again um, so yeah, high vitamin C, really, it's just allowing them to fast on nothing but breast milk. So just to have the, the liquid diet. Again, it's that child autonomy of food. When they're ill, they will naturally, like a dog will naturally eat grass when mm. they're sick. They will know to push food away because food is not helping the system when it's struggling. Yeah. So if they fast and just take in simple liquids, as long as it's a, if they have a fever, as long as it's a wet fever, you know, as in they're taking fluids, it's mm. not a problem. The fever is there to burn through all the rubbish yeah, in the body. It's not to be medicated out. Um, so, yeah, really, we just breastfeed high vitamin C supplements and, and rest and sunshine. And it's just the basic the basic things, you yeah. know, that you just think it can't be that simple. But it really is. Yeah, it is it. that simple. <laughs> yeah, and what, what actually informed your um, sort of understanding on, on vaccinations? How did you build up that them forces in your mind? Because just to quickly, just to quickly, hours really, just hours a, of watching documentaries, just reading just papers. It, it, obviously, I am aware that it's a, is a is a sort of a t- taboo topic as well. And obviously, yeah. I, I definitely don't shy, as people know on this podcast, don't shy away no. from them taboo topics. But it, there's a and just speaking from because I I use I don't know I can't speak for everyone, but a couple of my good friends. I mean, they're on the the level of thinking what we're at, mm-hmm. but they're also still in that limbo of thinking. Because you know how it is. It's fear the state. yeah, the the fear state. Yeah, it's um, it creeps in you. All the propaganda of saying you have to do this, you have to do that, or your kid's going to die. Is that yeah. going to be on you? It's going to be on your shoulders if you, if anything happens. And they're in that limbo. But I just wanted to know what was that process for you? Did you have that fear creeping at any time? And how no, did you? No, I, I just Never. didn't. No, I oh. just innately. I don't know. I kind of feel like I've been here before, living this life. I don't, I don't know how you feel on past lives, but yeah. I kind of feel I've dabbled in this before and. I just always trust my gut feeling and my gut feeling always says to me, this is not the way to good health. It is just not. But um, there's some amazing documentaries out there with lots of medical experts and scientists talking through them. Uh, The Truth About Vaccines documentary series, Mm -hmm. really a great online series, Vaccines Revealed. There's so much knowledge out there. There's no excuse now to remain ignorant. There's learntherisk.org, mvic.org, all organisations that will will really give you the facts and and they won't be biased, but they'll give you the facts straight up as they are. Um, rather than these doctors' information sheets, which aren't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not the real, the real deal. They're not what comes out the package inserts. Um, so for me, I think if you, if you have a child, it's the most important thing you can do is take the time to gather this information and really soak it up and and trust your gut on the subject yeah, before you go and take that action. Yeah, I love that. What um, what I was going to ask you is um. Why do you actually favour the sort of the alternative medicine versus modern medicine? Why is that the case for you? I just think because alternative medicine doesn't have all the nasty side effects and it, it supports the body in its own ability to heal itself. Um, whereas modern medicine, it, it suppresses the symptoms, it creates more problems mm-hmm. and it doesn't solve the root cause at all. 
Um, so me, it's, it's as simple as that. It's it's yeah. about going with what supports the body's natural healing ability. Yeah, I love that. For me, that's herbs, plants, and all the other things I've mm. just mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Like you said before, I love the point you said. We, when people say, "Oh, it's too simple," it can't be just it can't be just the way it is. It is. But yeah. it really is. I mean, <laughs> the one this is one that really um really does my head in lately. But I've heard so many people, and it, what's very scary as well, I've heard act, actually doctors um supposedly i don't know if this is 100 percent true because i'm not physically in the room i don't know if it's just people trying to become the you know how people like the hype become an identity and think that i've got this certain symptom and stuff yeah. but there's a new thing at the minute we've heard a lot of people saying that i'm allergic to the sun i'm allergic <laughs> to the sun no the sun is just a great healer yeah. and if you have stuff in you that needs to come out mm-hmm. the sun will lovingly grab that stuff and throw it out of your body yeah and so no the sun does not cause cancer but yeah, the chemicals you. in sunscreens can <laughs> did you know it is just to add to that as well there's some actually some because people are going to say oh come on come on but there is actually if you just type that in on google now there's some very Ooh, very strong studies suggesting yeah, yeah that that there's, that there's chemicals in the sunscreen not just chemicals in sunscreen chemicals in body washing oh, all of it yeah we don't use any cosmetics in our family um essential oils a bit of coconut oil um i think to wash my hair because I, I still haven't got away from shampoo i yeah. just can't at the moment yeah. but i just use basic like um eco-friendly like eco washing up liquid mm-hmm. just a little bit every time it gets greasy and it just does the job for me but i don't think how you look physically is really coming from your products anyway it's coming from your diet and your inner health so you're 100%. better concentrating on that than on your your it's, product brand it's funny because <laughs> i wanted i've really loved to have this conversation because sometimes because do you know through this journey of me doing the podcast and stuff i'm doing i'm living this life that either you're living anyway mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to I, I can't really find many conversations and podcasts where i can really get across how i'm living my life because in the past we used to do podcasts where we used to talk about health and it's and i've sort of took a more of a I'm on a different trajectory now. Don't get us wrong, health's linked. This is health. But I'm talking about the bigger topics of consciousness and stuff like that. So it's very refreshing to have a conversation with you because you're basically describing the way that I live my life now is where I'm like similar to you. I'm not using any products. I'm the not minority, using minority, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, of course. I don't, I don't know if it is actually because I think more people are becoming more aligned with it. I just think sometimes people are... There's a stigma, stigma around. I mean, imagine if somebody says, I don't use body, I don't use body wash. Do you know why wash. we need these products though? Because we're all so toxic because none of us yeah. are detoxing and cleaning out our bodies because we're all told you don't need to detox. Yeah. I'm telling you, you do. There's there's poison coming at you from every direction. Yeah, you need to clean out your body and it isn't going to smell pretty. Yeah. And, you know, when you take a good cleanse of raw garlic, you're going to sweat it out. But, you know... It, <sighs> It's not about how we look cleanliness on the outside. Imagine all the rotting going on on the inside. That is not too clean. It's better to bring it out, yeah, cleanse yeah. it out, and look a bit rough for a while, mm-hmm. but then feel amazingly healthy afterwards. There was, and, there was actually a study, you know, right, just to back you up as well. There was a study that, not, not that you need backing up or anything, but there's just a study that, that was sort of analysing the, the sort of, you know, like when you put have body you put body lotion on or you yeah. use shampoos. I think it was even... I think it was talking about as well, you know, when you wash your clothes and certain soap powders and oh, stuff, yeah, the soap powders leach through the skin. BOCs, but there was an exper- organic was, compounds, they, yeah. they come through everything as well, yeah. But there was, there was an experiment, sorry, where they had, um, I think they had 10, they took 10 guys, I think it was, 10 men, and basically they analysed, they, they, I think they used a certain type of, I'm not sure, it was a certain type of chemical or something, like some sort of body, body wash lotion, and then they analysed the sort of, the when they were, like the urine, 
Okay. And basically, the urine was something like ninety percent of the chemical. So the chemical was actually leaching. Aluminium, all sorts of your deodorants. Yeah, it was leaching through because people don't realise that when you put products on your skin or something like that, your body yeah. has a, a sort of a mechanism which actually absorbs it. I think about sixty yeah. percent, roughly. Um, but it's not just that. It's we've moved in into a new house that was all magnolia, and I couldn't handle. I've been in rented properties for so many years. I yeah. couldn't handle any more magnolias. I said, Matt, we're going to decorate with these amazing colours. But he's um, got autoimmune arthritis, probably from started off from vaccine damage, amongst other things as well. And um, he started painting within a few days. Flared up his arthritis. So even though you're not getting it on your skin necessarily, you're breathing it in all these you know household chemicals for, for our diys yeah. they're so poisonous they really yeah. are and it'd be lovely if i could afford lovely beautiful eco earth paints i would buy them and i know it's worth knowing this stuff and still putting it on and going oh yeah, no um, but i won't be redecorating again now for a very long but, but, time but like, like, I, I love that because that's honesty from you because like you like you're seeing as well and i'm very mindful of it as well and every, anyone watching could be thinking the same thing because i'm mindful of sort of people's different point of views mm. I know that we're living in a everything's a toxic world. I mean, this this table that we're using now leaches sort of BPA into the air, that stuff like that. But the thing is, it's not about because people. What I've noticed is the argument. And I noticed this against you also online as well as that people say, "Well, look at all the plastics you're using. Yeah. Look at all this. Look at this." All recycled, by the way, in second hand. But, but the thing <laughs> is, though, no, in anyone's life, nobody's perfect. No, no. It's it's about you're just on a journey like everyone else on this planet you're trying to figure it out and worrying and stress can make it worse which is why the like the healthiest happiest people are those that are just oblivious to all of it because they don't stress out their bodies with all this worry so to a certain extent you have to take in the information then you need to let it go Mm. and go yeah i'll do the best i can i mean we started off with a pure vegan raw diet with yuli and now it's got around to a star and she's eating dairy ice cream i didn't want that to happen but my it conflicted with my child autonomy that a friend bought her an ice cream and then since then she's like wow i like this this is um and she still has vegan ice cream and she still has vegan pizza um and and it's not necessarily the fact that vegan's necessarily the healthier option often it's more chemical than the dairy and you're kind of juggling those things oh no um but you do just need to let it go and hang on just breathe breathe into it because it's all we're all just particles anyway and it's going to be fine if we just chill out and do the best we can (laughs) but sometimes i think it's just about the like i like what you said there sometimes about just letting sometimes the don't beat yourself up and just let the journey sort of take you where it's going to take you and you'll i mean even if you even if you say if you're a vegan or you only are you you hate vegans or whatever because some people hate vegans but whatever it is you've just got to let that you've got to honor that journey at the time and then it but don't no one don't, size fits all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But don't don't let don't become don't become that thing. Don't become the don't become I'm the vegan. Don't become I'm the this. angry vegan. No, yeah, because yeah. from that <laughs> yeah from that position you cannot really you can't you can't change who you are as a person. No. And that goes for everything in life. But I think from that position, if you you're more open minded to whatever it is, just to try something new. If it's if it works for you, great. Stick with it. If it doesn't, change it and try something else. That's the beauty of life. And people won't listen to you if you're dogmatic anyway. If you get all preachy and they yeah. just shut off. And go, nope. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, something yeah. else. Though, a, a big topic I want to touch on with you was the your, your approach to sort of philosophy and uh, in terms of schooling, mm-hmm. because I thought that was very interesting. Could I'm you schooling. sort of just yeah? So yeah, we home educate the kids, but no, we don't homeschool them. Homeschooling right. and home. So home education is the umbrella term, and then under that is different styles. So we choose the unschooling approach. Unschooling, so I like rather that. Than being, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's um, John Holt is a big leader of this movement. Got a great book called Free to Learn. Um, it's about following the child's passions, realizing that life subjects are a fallacy 
you know, learning subjects in life, things aren't divided up into maths, geography, English. It's all intertwined together, yeah. you know. And so if we homeschool, we basically bring the curriculum into the home and we're creating mini school in the home and think, oh, well, well we're doing better because we're doing it in the home. But it's still not in tune with how children learn. They learn through play, you know, especially under seven years old. They learn through being allowed to explore and discover who they are without adult, being told. Adults do with general as well. Yeah, you know. absolutely. But especially that they're so impressionable under that first seven years. Yeah. Um, that that's the, the key time to really allow the play just to go boom. Um, so, yeah, for us, it's about just connecting them with nature. That's very important for their health and well-being and their learning journey. And, and not saying this is when you have this milestone to reach and this is when you have to learn this and that. And, and I think, you know, you can't be a jack of all trades because you'll never be a master of anything. Yeah. So I think you if you allow them to learn organically, they will find their passion. And then, you know, along the way, they'll pick up life skills that they need. Of course, you can't grow up illiterate in a literate society. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, you, you, there's signs everywhere. You're reading, even if you're not aware you're reading, you're reading. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think for us, it's about allowing the children to to find who they really are and and not to prescribe one way of learning. It's not to limit things like screen time because they're growing up in a different world that we were growing up in and they need these skills. Mm -hmm. And so to allow them access to modern technology in equal measure to nature and then allow them to choose and, and find what, what gets them going. Because once you find your passion, nothing can stop you and you will you will make your success and whatever your riches are in life. Yeah. I want to touch on your philosophy of Monday technology, but just before we go there, I wanted to ask you, when what sort of, I'm actually fascinated by what sort of things are the kids gravitating towards, you know, in terms of like what things are interesting in them at this time in their life? Yeah, well, Yuli's eight and he's um, he's an animal whisperer at the moment. He's, yeah. he's always been so at home in nature, but equally he's he's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. On one side, he'll spend hours and hours on his apps and on the screen, loves it. Mm -hmm. Very good at reading symbols and reading around writing. And, and so he's um, he, he sees... He what's the word? dots the I's and crosses the T's. He sees the bigger picture. He'll ask very profound questions, and he's a very clever little boy. But he listens to society and listens to the people that go, "You should be reading," and goes, "Oh no, I'm yeah. stupid." And that's why I hate. Even though I've tried to keep him out of school, out of that system, he's still getting it from society. Yeah. Um, but he's 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 a genius, and often that the clever ones do struggle to read and write early on. They just yeah, sound that they're not programmed in the same way as other people. Um, but yeah, for him, it's, it's animals, nature, and and computers and technology. That's his his ones at the moment. And for Ostara, it's just life, everything. She soaks it up and goes, "I love it. I love to be alive. I just yeah. want to make friends every day. I want to dance and sing." And yeah. even yeah, she likes doing Yudi's little reading app with him at the moment as well. Um, she's just a, a socialite. She's a people person. And so in that respect, I feel if anyone's going to ask to go to school, because I know Yuli's not interested in one bit, it might be her. But rather than, I mean, if she really goes, I want to try. Okay, if you must, I'll, I'll, of course I will facilitate that because it's child-led. But I would rather her first try maybe getting involved in some groups to fill that social need mm -hmm. rather than, yeah, you know, because her, her big brother, they, he loves her to bits, but he needs his space. So he's not... a, a 24-7 play buddy and we have friends around to play with both that go to school and that are home ed and we go around to their houses but she just wants someone all the time so I know as she's getting a little bit older now I'm gonna to have to pack out 
a bit more of a schedule for her. Yeah. So yeah, totally different personalities. And before people have said, oh, how do you meet the needs when you're home ed of two such different personalities? So yes, yeah, that's a good point. And now imagine putting those two in a classroom of 30 and having one teacher to meet all those needs. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Yeah, how's that going to serve them? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> It's interesting to see how that would play out as well in terms yeah. of in terms of your methods. Oh dear, yes. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the technology point of view. What's your mm-hmm. what's your views on technology and stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't which, have television, uh, and we <laughs> we didn't intend really to to get into screen this much, but we do have iPads, yeah. and we do appreciate we are in the modern world, and it is a necessary skill. Um, so they don't they don't have arbitrary limits at the moment, although really challenges that definitely. He's, he does quite quite many hours in one go and you do get to the uncomfortable point because you are told and you kind of see it's kind of taking away from his time outside and and so you do have to navigate it but I'm still not a fan of arbitrary enforced limits I just don't think that works I think you be the change you want to see so if you don't like how long your child's spending on it maybe check in with how much you're checking your phone and on your own stuff Um, because it's monkey see monkey do isn't it and first of all change your own behavior and then be inspirational give them something to come off of it for you know because they can't just go out and play with the village anymore not in in our modern construct so you need to make life a bit interesting within your budget which is another constraint for us but i think there are always ways and this is why we embrace nature because it's free it doesn't charge you to go out to the beach or into the woods and um, up to the allotment it's brilliant um so we we find a lot of solace in nature uh, but equally, you know, we, we take part in the, the mad modern world too when we can. And it's just it's just about a balancing act for me. Yeah, of course. There's a good point because then we were talking about the sort of being the example for your kids. Is a, There was a good quote. It said there was a, a picture on, on, it was on social media, this as well. It's funny how this quote's on actual social media as well, the, the, yeah, the contradictory yeah. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it said it had a picture of a guy reading a book and the kid was beside him also reading the book and it, he said, how do you get your child to read? And he went, I read. Mm-hmm. And it's like sort of is, it is simple as that. Yeah. The kid does emulate This is another lot. one of Matt's big things. He's a big, uh, voracious reader. And so I think he got quite upset when Newly wasn't interested in it. So it kind of, I thought if I sat there and read books, it would encourage him. Um, that, that you can certainly influence your kids, but as well, don't project your own, don't, they're not going to be mini me. And so don't project yourself onto them. They're, they're their own person all by themselves. And I think the more you can accept them unconditionally yeah. for who yeah. they are and stop trying to fix them, the more they will thrive and, f- and flourish into who they, they are there to become. Yeah. When, when before, just to, I forgot, I forgot to mention this to you, but you know, when we were talking about the breastfeeding thing, mm-hmm. the, um, and we're talking about sort of the contradictions with modern and modern medicine and stuff. I want to actually tell you about this because I, I read this study. It was it was a few weeks ago I read this, but it was in. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but it's really interesting, just showing the contradictories of what's actually going on, like on a deeper level. But it was um, so it was in. I think it was in the Western world. They were trying to sell this baby formula to to sort of trying to suggest to the the Western people, like mothers and families, that this breast milk is better than any other sort of breast like natural breast formula. Yeah. And a lot of the countries, I think it was like Norway, Sweden, quite a lot of the UK, they didn't accept this sort of this new method. Mm-hmm. So they, what they actually did is they went across to Africa because they had all this stock. This company had all this stock. So they, they um, dressed up fake doctors, God. went around all the local communities in all the African villages and convinced the African parents that, that this formula 
is better than most the, you know, your natural yeah, method that you're using now so that they, they could sell it. So I just wanted to bring that up because I forgot yeah, to mention it before of how deep it does go. And then it's it's also going into the issue of the fact they're lacking clean water and you're then mixing this formula with this yeah, polluted right. water and oh, it's just, it's, it's killing along with their, their mass vaccination programs that they're inflicting on them over there. It's, yeah, it's, it, I mean, you can get very caught up in it all yeah, can't you in the, the tragedies of what the modern world are doing to these very intelligent civilizations that didn't have all this poverty and this war before we came along and started intruding our way of life upon them um yeah it's very sad for me i don't think there's many places left on the earth that are untouched by modern man's madness anymore yeah. um I, I don't know how we we go about correcting the breastfeeding issue it's so deep-rooted it's it starts in the birth interventions that are messing it up and then the lack of support for women the fact that we're growing up in cultures where it's not accepted and, and women aren't learning off of other women how to do it and then you know all of this breastfeeding shaming going on and it's i was going to ask you about have you had it have you experienced once, any of that once last year just once for the first time mm. nearly nine years of breastfeeding now non-stop and it was a guy who came across our stuff in the media and we were in temporary accommodations that attracted all sorts, as you can imagine. And this um, Eastern European guy, he, yeah, basically came up to Matt and said, You're disgusting, you let your child suck on the, uh, on your wife's nipple. How do you do that? La, 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 la. He was like, you got milk in your fridge, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he said, yes. Like, well, how does it feel drinking from a cow's breast? And he just didn't have a reply yeah, like well, how do you answer that you know and it's, it's not to say vegan is right or wrong or whatever else but the point is we are all weaning ourselves being weaned early off of our natural um human milk to then go on to the milk designed for another species you know that's pumped full of antibiotics and all sorts uh, because the the factory farming industry yeah. as we know is treated inhumanely and and so you know what what is more strange and and wrong is it carrying on to have the, the mother's milk for as long as the body needs it or is it coming off of that just to go on to a, another mammal's milk and then staying on it into adulthood yeah. you know whereas most species wouldn't be on their mother's milk for the into adulthood it's yeah crazy. good point a good point as well and what i think is really um really contradictory is when people say when you have that aspect of where people are sort of judging you for doing that that aspect of breastfeeding and it's they wouldn't actually be on alive now if no. they didn't honour that process in terms of evolution. Here, yeah, no, of course. So they wouldn't be asked that question. <laughs> it, indeed, yeah, it's, it's really crazy, similar. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely mad. I want to ask you as well as because I thought what I thought was really interesting about was the your pregnancy when you know the terms of the how how do you the, the placenta. The lotus burr. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Could you describe that? Because I thought that was really... Yeah. Really, so I've never ever heard of that before. Have you, have you heard of delayed cord clamping? Most people I have. Know. I haven't. Um, okay, so the baby's born. Next comes the afterbirth, which is the placenta. They're, they're source of nourishment for nine months in the womb and the mm. umbilical cord attaches the baby's belly button to the placenta. So the, the afterbirth comes out after. Um, ideally, naturally, but if you're in a, a medicalized setting, they'll often inject you to make it come out sooner. Mm. La, la, la. Anyway... It contains, um, I gotta get the percentage right now. I think up to around about 30% of the baby's blood. So common medical practice used to be, and still is in many places, to cut the cord immediately where it's still pumping that blood through to the baby and all the stem cells too, which mm. will help boost their immunity. Um, so now, thank God, it's becoming more popular to practice delayed cord clamping. Um, so you wait for the cord to finish pulsating and for it to turn white before you 
detach it. Mm-hmm. So with Lotus Birth, it just takes it a step further and allows the um, the cord to dry off, and you kind of you dry and you put salt because it is a living organ that's going to rot otherwise. And you care for the the, the placenta like like you would do the cord stump because that's an open wound too. And you allow it to dry up and fall off the navel naturally, which in Kai's case actually only took three days. So ideally, you're not moving around and going out shopping at that time anyway after giving birth in, in an ideal world where we would rest after giving birth. Um, but it can take up to, to six or seven days. Whereas the, if you do cut it, the cord stump will take, I think average is about 10 days to heal properly up into a natural belly button. So a lot of people say that delayed cord clamping has its proven medical benefits, but not past that. But lotus birth is is really a practice. I think it it's practiced a lot in Bali and countries like that. It's still quite, um, I think, you know, it's it's not definitely not mainstream. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a more of a spiritual practice. You are, again, child autonomy, allowing them to let go naturally. You, your child's not born with a pair of scissors to cut the cord. And if you look at a chimpanzee in domestication, it chews through the cord, okay? If you look at a chimpanzee in the wild, as Jane Goodall, British primatologist, did, um, they practice lotus birth. They let it fall off naturally and just drop it to the forest floor. It's a very interesting thing to look at, the domestication versus the wild behavior. Um, and so for me, I didn't want any medical intervention, and that also included cutting through the cord with a pair of scissors. I just It didn't feel right to me at all. And it wasn't because I did embrace the postpartum rest period. It wasn't an issue for me to care for the placenta. You can get a little bit tricky once you're sleeping and having to arrange putting it at the side of the bed and whatever else. Um, but for me, it's, it's about really respecting that the child knows when they're done with something and they let it go. And yeah. No, that's fascinating because when I seen you doing it, I'd never heard of it obviously before. And I just thought it was really fascinating. I think it was really interesting. Yeah. Just I wanted to just speak on it because I think a lot of people will find that really fascinating. I think there's really a lot of conventional opinion that it's dangerous and can lead to infection. Um, but honestly, once the blood's pumped through, the cord dries within a few hours. It's like a telephone cord and it won't let anything pass through it anymore. And so if you don't care for it properly, it can rot and leave a smell on the end of the placenta, but it wouldn't travel through to the baby. And they've got no evidence of any lotus births ever ending up this in tragedy anyway. It's, it's all... It's all a myth. There's more infected cord stumps than there is Mm -hmm. any evidence of lotus birth gone infected. That's it's really fascinating. And so I I want to ask you. I know you spoke about this before. You said talked about how this philosophy is still something that's still emerging and still growing. Mm -hmm. But could you speak a bit more, bit more about that? And do you see it something that's just constantly, constantly evolving? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I still haven't mastered the the nappy size of life, which is ironic. The the funny (laughs) wee incident on ITV this morning. Um, for me, elimination communication is, is a step forward. I think that's an amazing subject. The fact that you can, you can like really trust a baby to, to go, to give you the cues and be able to give them the option to go outside of the nappy. Yeah. And that makes potty training easier and earlier. And it used to be done that way with our grandparents that they were all potty trained by 18 months. And now the average is 30 something months, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and obviously again, there's a corporate interest in, in, um, taking away this knowledge that we can potty a baby earlier because they, they sell more nappies and make more money off of you um so for me yeah that would be a great one to conquer um but i feel i don't know i've given it a little go with this with my latest 
Um, but I have been under two house moves in the last year and, and lots of other good things going on in my life. And it does require a lot of attention. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm dabbling in it, but I, I don't feel I'll necessarily master it this round. But there's, you should always leave something to learn anyway, I think. Yeah, of course. Definitely. I, I like that. <laughs> I wanted to touch on as well, because I know you mentioned about the, your plans in the future. You, some of the vision in your mind is to sort of, become more sort of eco-friendly and live off grid sort to, of yeah be on my own bit of land and be off grid love envision, it envision in the future something Definitely. like that and yeah. i'd love to world school these guys too um but we, we're in social housing now because we believe if we can have an affordable rent then as we build our careers the money can go into building the lifestyle rather than just straight back into the system yeah, and leave point. us no better off and i think everyone really wants that if they're honest they, they don't want to 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 pay the the big greedy fat cats at the top at the expense of, of them not being able to improve their own lives yeah. um and so yeah i think we would like we, we're in a little paradise here where we've now they've got a house with a sea view and it's very thankful for it um but from here we would definitely like to, to as the kids grow older we can build our careers a bit more they'll free up a bit more of our time and definitely get into traveling a bit with them and, and, and attaining that lifestyle that we just mentioned. Yeah. That's the dream. Well, well, just to quickly touch on it, I mean, um, what was it? what is it about the sort of the off-grid aspect? I know it's, it's obviously more in line with, with everything you're doing basically as well, mm. but is there anything to do with, because for me, one of the things that I've that I've noticed within my own self is why I want to get a bit of off-grid is because, uh, sorry, want to sort of uh, buy a piece of land and be more, more off-grid and more yeah. sustainable is because so many things in life you you, you you want to put your energy and energy and attention in good things and for me that just feels something that's more aligned to me to myself and something that can be sustainable for the planet as well mm-hmm. and I, re- I read a good quote once and it said um it said the the um the, the it said the the, the your, your purpose should be to, to plant trees that you'll never ever sit underneath yes and that's the, the wise type. man plants a tree he'll never sit in the shade of yeah yeah i mean we've we've planted lots of fruit trees just within our allotment um and who knows we probably won't be around to see them properly mature but it's yeah it's it's about just oh, wow really just being in connection with nature and you know that's that's saying that you don't even necessarily have to to eat the things you're growing to gain the benefits it's that that connection that you can have with plants they help feed you and you help feed them and it's an energetic transfer um so yeah i mean if if the kids could really just also learn this with us and always has it have it as a base to come back to no matter what they don't do in life i think if you can come back to nature it will help recenter you because the modern world will drag you into its madness so you really need to be able to find that place of center and and nature and plants and the rest of it provide it it's cool i think we'll leave it there it's a really good podcast by the way thank you so much honestly i love that conversation it was cool covered so much stuff there by the way yeah you did you really Really did an awesome job it's so nice to talk to someone that gets me (laughs) still currently in me van thank you so much for listening to that podcast there with adele really loved sitting down and chatting with her and as i mentioned in that podcast I really thought it was cool and I really felt that me and Adele really bounced off each other really well because to be honest with you a lot of things that she is the approach that she's bringing up her kids in the way that she's living their life is a, is very similar to the way that I live my life so at the end of the day that wasn't just a come it's not just it wasn't just a conversation about bringing your children up I think it was also very relatable to bringing up your own self in the in the modern day world so anyway I hope you enjoyed that conversation 
The weather at the minute in the UK is absolutely scorching. We really are having some amazing weather at the moment. So just to play this podcast conversation out, I'm going to play a song called Summertime by a band called Ford Francis. If you want to support the podcast, if you can find it in your heart, please head over to the Patreon page and support it through there. It really is the best way to help me to keep doing what I'm doing. As I mentioned in the intro, I also have a one-off donation option. So that is all, people. I love you all. Thank you so much for giving me your time every single week and listening to these conversations. It really means a lot that there's people at the other side of this thing and also are on a very similar path and journey to me. And I'm sure someday we will all meet. So anyway, enjoy this song, Summertime by Ford Francis. Enjoy, people. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance That has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about the groove That soothes the mood romance? Now give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it I Think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD, let me run around and put your car on cruise Lay back, cause this is summertime Summer, summer, summertime Time to sit back in the while Summer, summer, summertime Time to sit back in the while School is out and it's sort of a bug Back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what have of this The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot, girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzo Or in your Nissan sitting in Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park Place called the Plateau is where everybody go Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with a light eyes See what you're beeping at It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac Now I'ma compose this rhyme To hit you and get you equipped for the summertime Summer, summer, summertime Summer got girls there The temperature's about 88 I Hop in the water plug just for old time's sake Break to your crib, change your clothes once more Cause you're invited to a barbecue that's starting at four Sitting with your friends as y'all reminisce About the days growing up and the first person you kissed And as I think back makes me wonder how the smell from a grill Could spark up nostalgia All the kids playing out front Little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch While the DJ's spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion And then six o'clock rolls around You just finish wiping your car down It's time to cruise, so you head to the summertime hangout It looks like a car show Everybody come looking real fine Fresh from the barbershop, a fly from the beauty salon 